the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. And I'm uh, I'm a little tired today. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not sure why. I just feel a little bit tired. I had a, I had a number of uh, meetings today, some interesting ones. I'll tell you one. I met with Craig Shirley. Craig Shirley, who was, look, he's had like at least three careers. He was a very well-known and successful political guy, worked on the Reagan campaign, worked on uh, a number of campaigns, worked at the RNC. Then he had a multi-decade career, which continues as a public affairs professional. And uh, that's uh, been very, very successful. Uh, people know him. He's helped all sorts of uh, key people, um, helped, uh, helped promote authors uh, or books by Laura Ingram and so many others. And now, over the last, I don't know, 25 years, 20 years, he's developed a career as a historian. And he has written books, and I've had him on my show as a as a guy who has done uh, great history books uh, and uh, been really, really interesting. And initially, uh, you know, his books were um, on uh, one of his books that I've talked about a lot. It was on Ronald Reagan uh, and his 1976 campaign, which was the uh, unsuccessful campaign uh, for president where he lost to um, where he lost to. Uh, uh, Gerald Ford, the incumbent president, but the other one that, that so, but now he's moved off b- b- beyond just Reagan books because he's written a couple on Reagan, and he's written a book that's April 1945, The Hinge of History. That's what I had him on the show to talk about, and he gave me an autographed copy today, uh, which is fantastic. Anyway, he's a wonderful guy and uh, very interesting to talk to, and uh, so we'll have him back on the show very soon too, I'm sure. Uh, and well, and today we'll catch up with a couple more interviews. As you know, I love the structure of the show. We open with the wink, what you need to know, then we talk to two different folks and then we finish with a few uh, tips if we have time. Um, So we'll talk today to our friend Selena Zito, the author of The Great Revolt, a book that came out almost five years ago that captured what she had written about. In 2016, she was writing about how what she was seeing as a journalist among voters meant that Donald Trump would win. She was right. Then she went off and paired off and wrote a book with Brad Todd, Brad Todd is an expert uh, political type, a political pundit, I mean, a political pro, a guy that's run campaigns and been involved. And he did the analysis of who was in this coalition that helped Trump win. And uh, and Selena Zito did the interviewing and they went around the country and they wrote this book, The Great Revolt. Very good. So uh, we'll talk with her and we'll also catch up with John Schlafly, whose new column point blank says, stop trying to get us into World War Three. And we'll talk with him about that. And that's what we need to get to, what you need to know. At a certain point, what does it mean when something that's so obvious is not done? And here's my two examples. What you need to know today is there are two glaring examples, both of which will be the topics of our interviews in a few moments. Number one is the fentanyl opioid crisis, which at this point is killing approximately five to 10,000 Americans per month. 
it's probably closer to 5,000, maybe five to 8,000. The number of people dying every year from overdose, especially fentanyl, just, just fentanyl, is between 80 and 100,000. So 5,000, more like 7,000 to 10,000, 7 to 9,000 people per month are dying of fentanyl. And here's what we know. It's being made primarily in China by the communist regime or its constituent parts are being sent to Mexico and put together. In other words, in order to make fentanyl, you need certain chemical uh, products that's being made in China and sent to Mexico. And second, it's coming into America through Mexico. It, it used to be it used to come in um, through ports and sometimes in planes, sometimes in the mail. That's been mostly stopped. Certainly the mail has. But Selena Zito wrote a column in the Washington Examiner where she talks about this problem of opioid addiction. And I just am saying this. It's obvious that the open border, Mexican border, is bringing fentanyl and killing Americans by the tens of thousands. Okay? Second obvious policy. The, the Biden administration has accurately felt the will of the American people to cut off Russian oil to America to try to stop the Russians from making money while there's a war going on. Whatever you think of that, that's probably about a 75% American polling issue that Americans say, I don't mind if we have to cut off Russian oil if it affects us. But here's the next obvious step. There are vast number of decisions that could be made to increase oil production and gas production, natural gas production in America, like drilling on some of the lands that were available and, uh, and changing some of the EPA requirements and changing some of the permit requirements and changing some of the rules so that in this crisis, we don't see the massive spike in oil prices that will cause us to have massive gas prices, which t taxes the heck, in other words, costs the heck out of working class and middle class folks. So both of these decisions drill everywhere and anywhere, uh, change the rules everywhere and anywhere because we're in a war or the world is in a war and that economics of that war is affecting us and stop the border, stop the flow of fentanyl through the border. Both of those things are obvious. What you need to know is they're obvious. They're obvious decisions. And even if you're Joe Biden and you have to say to the Green New Deal folks or to anybody else, hey, we got to do this for a short period of time because we can't afford to have oil go up and gas to cost too much. Hey, we got to close the borders right now. We're interested in amnesty if you're the Biden administration, but we got to stop this. It's killing the American killing too many American people. The fact that these two obvious examples are not being done leads to only one conclusion in my mind. And that is our system is corrupt and our individuals in the system are corrupt too. And when you watch that uh, MMA fighter from Arkansas who was asked about whether, you know, what about the war in Ukraine? And he said, I'll put my, I'll dig my boots into the soil of Arkansas and defend our way of life, but I'm not going over there to fight. And everybody paid attention to that. I'm going to ask John Schlafway about this. But my point when I heard that was the next thing he said, because those politicians are corrupt and the rush by Republicans 
along with Democrats, to spend more American tax dollars for more war, to put us in more of a position where we could end up with a boots-on-the-ground war, is a sign of corruption. It's a sign of a corrupt system that is benefiting from this, as well as a sign of corrupt individuals, whether it's Hunter Biden or the, 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 the staff and families of elected officials, senators and congressmen, whoever it is, I'm just telling you, the American people are so sick of this. And what you need to know is when obvious decisions drill everywhere and anywhere, get any gas and oil we possibly can anywhere until we get through this crisis. When that's not done, there's corruption. When the, when the reality is that men, mostly men, some women, and, and, and I'll ask Selena Zito about this. I think her piece refers to the fact it's no longer socioeconomically poor people that are, are, are hitting with the fentanyl and opioids. It's everybody. So it's not just lower class. But still, it's a lot of men. A lot of men that die of opioid addiction and, and fentanyl especially are men. We're killing 100,000 Americans every year. And it's coming through our border, which is wide open from the communist regime in China. And no one will do anything about it. What does that mean? Corruption. It means that we won't stand up to China and the regime for some reason. And the reason must be corruption. It means that we won't close the border to stop the flow for some reason. And the reason is corruption. And the individuals who are in charge don't get to say, oh, the system is corrupt, but I'm not. No. You're running the system. You're corrupt too. And what you need to know is the American people are not going to tolerate this. We're sick of it. We're sick of it. All right, that's what you need to know. we got to take a break. We'll be right back and talk with Selena Zito and John Schlafly. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in with Selena Zito. And if you go over to selenazito.com, you will see all of her places where she writes. Washington Examiner, New York Post. And, uh, she, she hails, I remember the first times I saw you, the Pittsburgh uh, Post-Gazette. And her book, The Great Revolt, written with Brad Todd, which has uh, been out in paperback now for a while, too. Worth a read. And uh, welcome back, Selena. How are you? Ed, thanks so much for having me. It's always a joy to be on with you. Well, it's fun. It's like uh, catching up with an old friend. And so let me, but let me ask you, um, because the book, The Great Revolt, was really helpful. You had written about the topic. Then uh, Brad Todd is a is a political guy and did, you know looked at the data and all and went back and looked at the populist coalition reshaping American politics. That was what the, the title of the book, The Great Revolt, was the subtitle. Um, here we are. In 2022, we're headed towards a midterm election. We got a war in the Ukraine and you've got this kind of crazy patterns of voters, you know, Republicans, maybe more than others saying no war. But some Republicans saying, hold on, we've got to fight. Um, and I, I don't know, it's, the, the coalitions, the sort of populist coalition seems to be shifting almost to before our eyes. What what do you sense of this whole time? Um, well, that's interesting that you bring that up because that is uh, that was the split sentiment among the voters in the conservative populist coalition. Uh, they, they weren't in lockstep on that. And a lot of it had to do with geography, but also personal experiences. 
a lot of these people had family members who had served in the war and thought that, uh, meaning Iraq and Afghanistan, and felt as though their government didn't have their back on that. There are others who were fiercely patriotic, who um, believed in, in, in defending democracy at at any cost and would be, they might be over there right now for all I know. Right. Um, and, and, but what the one thing, sort of the one connective tissue on this issue that held them together was that if something came here, um, they would be the, the first people to sign up. Right. If something happened on our soil, it would be, they would be the first to sign up. And it, a lot of this, um, us, uh, the conservative populist coalition being all over the place is because a lot of them had wildly different experiences during Iraq and Afghanistan and, and some leading even back as far as the Gulf War. Yeah, uh, we're talking with Selena Zito again, selenazito.com. You can sign up, get an email uh, update from her when she is writing um, and it'll go in your inbox. Uh, not frequently enough, Selena, but we'll talk about that again off the air. Uh, and, and, <laughs> I, should, I, should, well, I should add also, uh-huh. and this is an important nuance to add about this issue. There is a very large mistrust of our current military leadership. And I think that is probably the biggest pro- the biggest part of the split. They believe that this military has become too politicized. They believe that it the leadership is weak, that is not watching out for their own people. And it's not that hard for any of us to forget what happened to 13 soldiers on August 26th of this year. And that is causing a lot of this hesitancy to want to get over there and fight because they think this military has become become a social justice institution rather than a fighting institution. Well, and so here's this young guy, MMA fighter, Bryce Mitchell. Um, and he does a, gets asked a question the other day and he says, I'll, when they come to this country, I'll dig my boots into the Arkansas soil and I won't ever retreat. I'll fight, but I'm not going over there for these corrupt politicians. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think I looked at his Twitter feed the other day and he had like, you know, 30,000 followers. He's got 135,000. I'm looking right now and, and, and tapped into that. Um, it, uh, but, um, but within the Republican Party, you, you don't just have the Liz Cheney's saying, hey, we got to fight. You got the Tom Cotton's right. I mean, you've got some it's a it's, it's a different cross section than uh, when it was America first uh, and Trump was president. It's kind of a it, it's, it's different, isn't it? It is. And I really think a lot of it has to do with a large skepticism yeah. of, of leadership leadership, yep. not just in the White House, but also in, in the Defense Department, at the Pentagon. Yeah. They, you know, they, they've seen too many uh, tweets and stories about, you know, um, all of this, for lack of a better, wokeness. Um, um, and and they, they don't know what our military is about. Why do they want to join something then that they have skepticism about? Yeah. Um, we're talking with Selena Zito. So Selena, Washington Examiner, um, re- your piece that you wrote um, uh, that ran a couple days ago, actually, I think March 8th. So um, up from rock bottom, recovery from a national overdose epidemic. I was so pleased to see you write on this because so many things are going on uh, in the world, in Washington and all. And the byline runs from Wills, Pennsylvania. And you're talking about a guy that opened with a guy who 
you know, got himself away from heroin, got himself away from this epidemic. Um, I don't know. It's almost 100,000 overdose deaths, somewhere between, I don't know, 70 and 100,000 in the last every year now. Uh, this is an epidemic and it's and it's a weird one to say. I, I don't know how to say it, but it's um, it's it's kind of young males, right? It's you don't hear about as many deaths from women. It's males. It's this sort of. Uh, I don't know, working class? Is it a class problem? Uh, I, I mean, what- no, yeah, it's not a class problem. So it was so so 10 years ago when I when I first started covering this epidemic, um, um, the opioid epidemic, it was white working class Appalachia in uh-huh. the Midwest. That was right. it. Right. That has wildly changed. Um, it, it has become blacker. It has become younger. It has become more affluent. Um, so in other words, it's spread out in three different directions. Huh. It's not just the white male. It's now the um, younger people, younger males and females. It's also blacks. I just did a piece a couple weeks ago about um, overdose deaths in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which is majority minority, uh, huh. 75%. Um, it, the, the overdose deaths have gone up 87% in five years. Hmm. That is wow. insane. Like that number is insane. And and we don't we don't do very much about it. And at the root of it, as and I hope people go and read it because um 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 a- Andrew Avery really just puts his heart out there in my interview. Yep. And and you know, he goes to the root of it and he says it's not just economic despair, it's not just sad you know it's not just uh, a place in life it's mental illness and we don't talk about it enough and and i warn in this story is that we have an entire generation of young people within the next year to five years we're really going to feel the devastating impact of the mental illness and mental health issues that have been caused by what our government has done during this pandemic. We're, um, we're talking with Selena Zito, the reporter um, uh, who has a uh, journalist who has written so often about these, I don't know how to say uh, uh, overlooked communities, these communities that are in the, in the shadows or, or maybe they're there or not in the shadows. They're just not described as well. Um, when you talk about this uh, opioid uh, uh, problem. And, you know, you reference a Brookings Institution report, which they're not conservative, they're liberal, uh, and they're well-funded, which yeah. means that they have a lot of um, researchers. They do a lot. I mean, a lot of it I don't like, but I mean a lot. And then a government report, which uh, which is another one, it's a commission on combating synthetic opioid uh, trafficking. Uh, and and one of the realities, right? I mean, I, I do it somewhat dramatically on my, my show, and I, I, I admit I do talk radio, so but it is Chinese, right? They do send them. They do send the materials and it is the border. I mean, it is China and it is the border being open that is affecting this. Or at least it may not be every bit of it. Right. They may run some through on airplanes. But but largely, you can say it's the Chinese regime that allows the precursor material, if not the actual fentanyl. And then it comes through our border in Mexico. Right. Right. So before 2018, um, when Trump was in office, um, most of it, most of the the uh, drugs came from China, and you got it by mail. Um, uh-huh. But Trump put oh. a stop to this. Trump put a stop to that, and and um, and I, there was all part of the sort of uh, 
uh, rocky diplomatic relations with China. However, China was like, okay, I'm just, we're just going to send the parts to Mexico and then they come across the border. And so China is still the problem and the porous border is still the problem. And this is one of the issues with the border crossings that Democrats sort of miss in that they think it's, oh, you know, um, Republicans are heartless and they don't care about this humanitarian crisis. No, it's about suburban parents who see their kids being able to buy meth and heroin cheaply on social media that got here from Mexico. Yeah. And 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 I guess the point here is uh, if Selena Zito and and I, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours and I love how you write about these communities. (laughs) But if you can see this, so can CNN and so can Fox and so can everybody else. And it's not like it's a minor thing. It's not causing a drop in our um, SAT scores, although it probably is, but it's killing people. I mean, it's killing yeah, it's people. Literally, it's literally killing people. We now have an epidemic of teenagers dying from meth and, and, um, and fentanyl, fentanyl. Yeah. And so yeah, I, fentanyl, I guess, so, 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 so why isn't it, why isn't it an issue? I mean, why isn't somebody, I mean, politicians like easy ones, uh, you know, okay, I'll do X and it will stop. Why, why isn't that happening here? There's so much happening. There's so many things going on. Uh, it, it's just getting buried. It's just getting lost. Yeah. And it's sad. It's like, it's incredibly heartbreaking. I've been covering this for 10 years and it's, and, and I thought it would move in one direction. It didn't, it moved in the opposite direction. It's gotten worse. Well, and the thing I had to say, I'll, I'll maybe say it, you know, you're saying it's getting lost. Um, if you, if you choose open border policies, what that preference over uh, fentanyl deaths. That's a choice. And at this point, it's not like it's close. It's not like you're, oh, I'm, we're, you know, uh, Ed Martin and Selena Zito are speculating on what could be happening. We know the open border policies are allowing an influx. And, and whatever the preference is, I want to have a softer policy on letting people in. That's a decision over American debts. I mean, and so at this point, I, I, it doesn't matter what Trump would have done or could have done or did do. That's what's happening today. And I, 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 I just wonder if, um, again, I don't think the mainstream media can cover it because if they make the connection, I do think the American people will be so mad about it. But I, I, I don't know. I'm at a loss. Anyway, okay, I, I, I got to run. I'm, I'm right out of time. Uh, Selena Zito, go to everybody. Go to SelenaZito.com. Sign up for her work. Uh, her book is Great Revolt. Still, even at four years later, really helpful to understand what's happening. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're just off the road uh, from being out covering things, and we appreciate it, Selena. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. All right, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in with John Schlafly. John Schlafly, of course, is one half of the dynamic duo. Uh, Andy Schlafly and John Schlafly write a column called the Schlafly Report, which is available over at uh, townhall.com, our sister site, and then archived at phyllisschlafly.com. And uh, Phyllis Schlafly herself, the late Phyllis Schlafly, wrote a column for almost 50 years, uh, and it takes two of her sons, two of her children to do one column a week like she did. But, you know, we won't focus on that, John. Uh, So welcome back, John Schlafly. And, John, the column headline, Stop Trying to Start World War III. 
Well, I say, John, you've uh, you've now I know you and I've been talking for the better part of a week about some of our both of our concerns about the uh, reporting out of of the Ukraine. But stop trying to start World War Three. Who are you talking to? Well, it seems, Ed, that the entire Washington establishment of both parties has been overtaken by a wave of hysteria about the war in Ukraine. Uh, I'm really sort of dismayed by the one-sided situation that we face at national government and the, you know, the just today the package of aid from U.S. tax dollars jumped from $10 billion to $12 billion to $14 billion. I mean, the sky's the limit. And as far as World War III, well, of course, referring to the fact that if an NATO country is engaged militarily with Russia, that's really the start of World War III. And that is on the verge of happening, Ed. It's very concerning. Well, We've heard I- about... And uh, you know this idea that Polish Poland will provide warplanes to Ukraine, and then the United States will come back and replace those planes to Poland in a three-way deal. That's that's very concerning. Yeah, we're talking with John Schlafly. Well, John, you know, I guess uh, you know to the victor go the spoils. Um, to the victor go the history writing. You know, I, I watched uh, my friend Craig Shirley, who I like a lot. He's written a number of books. He wrote a piece in the last uh, 24 hours where he said Zelensky's like Churchill. Now, I would just pause and I would say Churchill probably wasn't as great as Churchill is written about. I'm again, I'm not I'm not complaining about it. I'm describing the fact that most of our leaders are multifaceted, um, I, you know, with the exception of Washington, who seemed to have really had almost the, the you know, one of the great uh, one of the greatest great integrity. But even even he, you know, I don't think he chopped down a cherry tree. That seems to be apocryphal or I don't know. Who knows? But my point here is we wrote about Zelensky as if he was the greatest thing ever. It's pretty clear now like a lot of the uh, leaders in that part of the world and maybe the leader in our White House, uh, Zelensky was making money off of his relationships, it appears. He has money in offshore accounts. He relied on oligarchs. And yet we're told uh, we're sort of we're persuaded in the direction of this war. You know, Joe Manchin, in your piece, John Schlafly, Andy Schlafly's column, again, over at townhall.com, phyllisschlafly.com, Joe Manchin says, oh, yeah, you know, Joe, would you pay 10 cents more per gallon? for the people of Ukraine, 10 cents. I mean, gas is up like two bucks already. I mean, it's it's uh, it's up through the roof. It's a combination of Joe Biden's policies and world concern. It's through the roof already. And, and, and by the way, the only people that like this more than the 10 to 12 to 20 billion dollars spent on weapons. And so all the weapon companies like it is gas companies. Exxon is at an all-time high. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Exxon is at a high for five years or so, up, up to $90 a, a share. Because why? Because we got to find the gas, I mean, the oil. So, I, I mean, but I feel like, John, we're, we're being rolled in this moment by both parties, as you say. What stops it? Well, and you mentioned Joe Manchin. Of course, you know, a few months ago, Joe Manchin was a hero to many uh, Republicans for standing in the breach against Build Back Better. But, I mean, when he came out and said he'd be happy to pay 10 cents more a gallon, I mean, that's such a boneheaded remark, and I can hardly believe it. First of all, as you say, gasoline is up $2 in the, since the election, 
you know, of, you know, over a dollar just in the last month. But diesel fuel is up even more than that. It's up 250. And, you know, all of the inputs that go into the American way of life. And if you talk to a farmer, we didn't even have room for that in the column. I mean, fertilizer uh, is, is more than doubled. I mean, the inputs that go into farming, that production of our food and transportation to bring the foods. I mean, we're facing and uh, we're, we're going to be facing a huge cost penalty for, uh, you know, America's flirting with war over there in Ukraine. And I don't know what's going to happen to Mr. Zelensky. I mean, he's pressed a lot of people with his TV appearances. But the truth is, he, I'd say that he really provoked this war by, why? By insisting that Ukraine is going to join NATO and the European Union. And that's exactly what was a thumb in Putin's eye. He said, no, we're not going to allow that. So he's sent the troops in to stop it. Um, now, you know, Zelensky may have, you know, he's standing on principle, but he, but that's, that's a war. He's going to have to pay through it through war, and he's not going to be able to save his country by himself. He's, I think he can only survive as a country if the United States comes in to rescue him, and we can't do that, Ed. We just can't. We're, uh, we're talking with John Schlafly. Um, John, uh, let's, say, let's say we're in a world war. OK, let or let's say that the war, the war is hot enough in Ukraine that it's affecting the world and therefore decisions are being made um, like cutting off uh, the uh, uh, import ta- importation and purchasing of Russian oil. Now, OK, on all those fronts, um, I, I'm, let's just concede those facts. Forget about why. But when you're done with that, isn't the next step? I mean, almost like the next step just in common sense is do everything you can to find more oil because you're not going to convert the school buses to uh, electric vehicles. You know, the economic advisor for Joe Biden came out and stood in front of the White House today and said, oh, we need to get to zero, you know, carbon. We're not going to do it in the weekend. So if you're in a war, you say, "Okay, let's not just release the oil reserves. I think they did that. They're probably all gone. But let's drill wherever there's drilling. Let's change the offshore. offshore. Let's uh, change all the rules. None of that's happening. At what point, John, is this less of a um, uh, of a crisis of of bumbling and, and, and like a faulty towers episode and more of an intentional like, you know, the intentional creation of a crisis and, and, and it's hurting the hundred million middle class and lower working class, not the upper class. I mean, it, it's actually insane to watch, isn't it? I, I think that the, you know, a lot of people are cheering what they see on television, which is a totally one-sided report. But when it strikes home as it will, uh, I mean, you know, the last time Americans were truly mobilized for a world war was in World War II. And, of course, Ed, you and I weren't around then. We've learned from our parents about how uh, uh, gasoline was rationed and people got a coupon. They could only buy so many gallons over a period of time. Uh, rubber was not available. You know, tires, you know, 
worn down, they could not be replaced, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the American people then, who had just come out of the Great Depression, were willing to accept a lot of personal sacrifice to support the three million boys, as they were called then, overseas. But that's not happening. That's not, that'll never happen again. And uh, as Americans may, may cheer when they watch television, but they're not going to accept that kind of uh, sacrifice. And yet that's what's in store unless this stops very, very quickly, because it's not just uh, Russian oil and gas, although that's huge. And that will cause oil pie prices to explode. It already has, but right. it will continue. But also fertilizer. Right. Russia is the biggest exporter of fertilizer. And uh, uh, the government has already announced that uh, essential raw materials that are needed for the Green New Deal, including nickel, palladium, and cobalt, uh, you know, the, the Russian oligarchs that control those minerals are not going to be sanctioned. Guess what? Because we've got to keep supplying the Green New Deal with those essential ingredients. So, 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 yeah, so just. It's a corrupt system. That's it. That's it. The system is corrupt, and probably maybe we can say the players. I want to get to that. Ned Ryan, uh, who's been on the program before, has a tweet. uh, Let me see, a few hours ago. And so it begins. Regular gas was three eighty nine a gallon on Saturday. Today it's four twenty nine. A few days from now, I think it jumps again. Biden has declared financial war on the middle class. John, did you see that young MMA fighter from Arkansas? And they I asked did. him and they asked him. And what people are covering is his great message that I'll dig my boots in and fight for the values and for my country. And I'll never leave. That's not what I t- saw. I heard him say and he and I think this is what more Americans feel than anything. He said, those corrupt politicians over there in Washington who are trying to tell me to fight a war. And I don't think it's how we feel. I think it's corrupt. The system is corrupt. The people are corrupt. Their worldview is corrupt. I'm talking about the American politicians. I'm not talking about Zelensky or Putin or any oligarchs. The system in America is corrupt. And the people, both parties that are that are there and they're lecturing us aided by Fox News and CNN most of the time, are, are trying to hoodwink us again. And I, I think the American public isn't going to take it. But but I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, and I'm worried about the political fallout, Ed. Now, you're a political guy. I mean, the, the American people were already baked in uh, a Republican victory in November as if it had already happened. But, you know, this is upsetting. Uh, the politics... Because, you know, almost all Republicans, elected officials have bought into this. It's not just Liz Cheney. They're all talking like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinziger. And, you know, where is the where are the Republicans who are standing up to the globalist agenda that every that all these former Soviet nations are should be part of NATO and that we all need to uh, protect their borders when we're not protecting our own borders. I mean, we're the, we're, I think we're just crying out for leadership and spokesmen on these issues because we're not getting it from our elected officials of both parties. 
Well, Joe Biden on the on the uh, on the tarmac going out to Texas to give a I think a fundraiser or whatever. Uh, and so he's asked by uh, the pool reporter, do you have a message for the American people on gas prices? The president says they're going to go up. And, and what can you do about it? And Biden says, can't do much right now. Russia's responsible. I mean, that's it. That's it. They're going to go up. I mean, it's John. It's it's um, I don't know the politics. I think you're right. I think it's a drain the swamp moment where if you're an incumbent in office, you're probably going to pay a price, uh, I think. But I, I'm not sure. I don't I think we're in unprecedented territory. It's like uh, it's like somehow Donald Trump in 2016 shattered the the whole mold that held the system together and, and the corrupt system. And they're now they're trying to hold it together again uh, with another war. I just don't know if it works. All right, John, I got to run. Unfortunately, John Schlafly, his column is running over at townhall.com and also available archived at phyllisschlafly.com. John, thanks for being on with us. John, thank you. Thank you, Ed. All right. Uh, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com to check out all these interviews. And again, uh, John Schlafly, John and Andy's column is archived over at uh, phyllisschlafly.com. When I say that, I mean all their previous columns and they're really good stuff once a week. So uh, go over there, phyllisschlafly.com. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, Ed Martin. On a sinking ship, Democrats in Congress are rushing to propose new federal legislation that would expand the opportunities for electoral mischief. So far, all of their efforts appear to have been in vain. Yet they still plow ahead with their plan to rewrite election law at the federal level. Their bad bills, including H.R. 1, the For the People Act, and H.R. 4, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, and in the Senate, 2747, the Freedom to Vote Act, these would all expand unverified voting. They would prohibit requiring a photo ID, and these laws would destroy election integrity in other ways. Ending the 60-vote filibuster in the Senate was a key part of the Democrats' plan to get these bills through the Senate. But two Democrats, Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, have long opposed eliminating the filibuster rule that prevents merely 50 senators in one party from passing most kinds of legislation. These so-called conservative Democrats, Manchin and Sinema, are not known for standing strong on any particular position for long, but at least for now, the filibuster appears to be safe. It's essential to block harmful federal election bills, and it's equally important to enact new laws at the state level to thwart the election chicanery. New York City is beginning this year to allow illegal aliens to vote, and Democrat governors are expected to support similar moves in other areas. Legal challenges to this should not deter GOP legislators as in the past. A majority on the Supreme Court is expected to affirm state authority over cleaning up their election procedures, regardless of which side benefits. Provoking battles over bills that would further diminish election integrity may well be a ploy commonly used by Democrats when they know they're in a losing position. They hope that by proffering such wild legislation, conservatives will be content merely to kill the bad bills. Don't let them play you like that. We must not only kill the bad bills, but pass good bills of our own to secure America's elections for another generation. We should never settle for anything less. From Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin. Election fraud has the power to destroy the America we know and love. 
Never again can we allow an election to be stolen. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find reasonable, workable strategies for assuring the integrity of every future election. Visit phyllisschlafly.com today. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, um, we are out of time, and I have to uh, run again. Um, I, I did too many great interviews, but please visit ProAmericaReport.com. I will mention again that book that I, uh, Craig Shirley, April 1945, The Hinge of History, uh, available on, I think it was, well, everywhere they sell books, uh, but it was published by the uh, Thomas Nelson uh, press. You can go there. Also, uh, visit ProAmericaReport.com. Get the interviews with John Schlafly, as well as Selena Zito. Her book is Great Revolt, available anywhere books are sold. All right, everybody, thank you, as always, to our great Noah Dingley, the producer of the program and also the star of Noah Says, and also Joanna Spilger, who associate produces the program. We will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on a ProAmerica Report. Back in a moment. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> back tomorrow. Talk to you then. America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.